you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you. We know that you've loved us. If we fail to see evidence of your love for us, we need nothing more than to look at a day like today. Uh, creation, all of creation screams out the characteristics of who you are. And um, it's no accident that we would gather outside this morning to be able to celebrate your goodness, your faithfulness to a church uh, here in Richmond on a day like today. And so we are ultra grateful for your love for us, for your care for us, and your presence with us. May we celebrate that today, and may we also take a, a note to also um, uh, just learn today and be instructed by your word. So by your spirit, Lord, I'm going to talk, and I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would, would do what you do best, Holy Spirit. Would you counsel? Would you comfort? Would you convict? convict? Would you convince where necessary? Um, and just be a comfort for us um, as we continue on in our day today. We love you and we are so grateful in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Um, so we have um, an opportunity today to celebrate, but and as a, a, in the midst of celebrating, we're also going to kind of maybe look ahead into what 2021 might be or what we're going to emphasize in 21 for our church. Now, if 2020 has taught us anything, is that we can't predict the future. Although I did go back and listen to last year's sermon um, on this day when we kind of said, hey, we would like to see these things happen in 2020. Um, and one of the things I said was this, the only thing that came true, we're going to suffer in 2020. That much is true. I can tell you that. And um, here we are, right? We've, we've, we've gone through a crazy year, right? But this church is six years old. And what an amazing thing for us to celebrate, right? Like we've heard it over and over again, but like truly six years old. Now having baptized 30 people, what say 10 or 15 people come to faith. It's kind of hard to discern that some days, but it's also been not just um, six years of celebration, but somewhat hardship. Did you know in six years, we've undergone three 500 year floods. Hey, that's fun. Just in the first six years of your church, if you could just undergo three 500-year floods, that would be great. And that doesn't, that obviously ended like three years ago. So in the first three years, we underwent three 500-year floods, the last one being Harvey, right? Um, but beyond that, we've had 2020, not even like the three 500-year floods, which we could look back on and be like, man, that was, that was a test. There's also been 2020 where we've seen coronavirus do its damage, We've seen its damage continue on, not just in the virus's damage, but in like the lack of truth around coronavirus and the difficulty around what that's created, both economically. We've seen political meltdown, right? We've seen extremism cause all sorts of issues, even in our own culture. We've had racial injustices in our country and a collapse, I would say this, of trust in the truth. So much so that like, conspiracy theories are mainstream almost. It's like 2020 has been a bit uh, of a thing, right? So to say that we would celebrate six years, I can tell you that two years ago, we sent some money out with other church plants that has, they're, they're already closed. They didn't make it one year. To say that we can celebrate six years 
is something truly, we can only say that it is by the grace of God that we've continued to stand and we now have what we, like 200 people or so registered for an event outside where we can truly celebrate God's goodness. For that, man, we are so grateful to God's faithfulness. We're thr- we're, I'm super grateful for your perseverance. Like God gave you that perseverance to be here on a day like today. So 2020 has proven, though, that the church's voice is now more important than it has been possibly in a generation. At least that's what I see. I see our voice being more pertinent, more important than ever, especially when looking back on these last nine or so months, especially looking forward into what will be, again, more difficulty uh, into the future. I don't want to prophesy like I did last year on accident, but truly. More difficulty into the future. I want to say this. Our church never closed in 2020. It never shut down in 2020. You know why? Because you are the church. Did you just somehow just close up shop and quit being the church in 2020? Absolutely not. Our church remained open. And I'm not just talking about the major pivot that we had to make come March. Because our church did pivot in a major way. Way And so speaking of that pivot, I just want to take a moment. I don't know who your heroes have been in 2020, but my heroes are right here in this field. My heroes for 2020 are in this field and with these people. And so first, I just want to like take a moment before I even get to what I need to say today and, and just thank a few people. Number one, our staff, Cassie and Aaron have pivoted in major ways. You guys have done a great job. You've never asked like for anything other than like, what else can I do? And so, uh, man, I just want to applaud you guys. You guys have done an amazing job. I don't know where you are. I keep looking for you and scanning, but I got nothing. So our staff has done amazing, Cassie and Aaron. Our neighborhood group leaders have pivoted um, to go online and learn Zoom and be able to lead people where they are. Adam's standing up. He's going, yes, thank you very much. He is, uh, he's one of our neighborhood group leaders. But if you are a neighborhood group leader, stand up and just, we want to give you a round of applause. Neighborhood group leaders, stand up if you could. Yeah, yeah, now's the time. Yeah, we're grateful for y'all. You guys have done an amazing job just pivoting, make, just being on the fly and being, being flexible. Thank you guys very much. Um, but really the true heroes of 2020 are the introverted engineers. That's right. It's the AV team. Yeah, come on. That's my wife right there. She knows what's up. The AV team has, hey, I'll just say, if you call the Grove Church your home, the AV team whom the names of you don't know, your spiritual lives have depended on these names that I'm going to read. You would not be where you are right now if not for these introverted engineers. And their names are, whom I'm going to say and embarrass you, are, number one, the leader of that team, Matt Peterson. Where's Matt? Bro, I don't know where you are. There you are. So in true Matt Peterson fashion, I said, hey, man, who's on your team and who can we thank? And he didn't know I was going to do this. And he goes, well, I mean, this is all the names. And he goes, by the way, the wives too. The wives allowed us to do these things. They watched our kids to be able to go out and stay up late and fiddle and turn knobs and push buttons. That's what they do. That's what they kind of do. And that's so like truly that's that's kind of guy that leads the AV team, the one that wants to make sure the wives get some credit. So we're grateful for the wives as well of all these people. So Matt Peterson, Kobe Wilbanks, Eddie Crusel, Tim Wetzel, Andy Evans, John Davies, Travis Rodriguez, along with Josue, along with Joe Scanlon, along with Bo Barron, who have helped us and over opened up their warehouse uh, to be able to have our host us where we could lead these things on a weekly basis. Really grateful for y'all. Really grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for your continued efforts and sacrifice. Uh, I know that it is hard, hard work, and you don't get enough credit. So 
Um, one of the things that I talk about with the AV team is your job is to not be noticed. Your job is, if they notice you, something went wrong. Like the lyric was off or the light fell um, or the video didn't work or there was a glitch. Your job is to not be noticed. And so today we're noticing you and we're really grateful for all that you've done. So that's enough of that. Uh, but we do want to give God's thanks. So the question that I have as we enter into some scripture is what has God been doing? Besides motivating us and energizing us and do things a little bit differently, what has God been doing? And I want to share this as just my own translation. This isn't from the Lord, although it could be, um, but this is just my own translation of what I've seen, right? In John 15, Jesus uses, and I'm not going to go there for the rest of our day. I'm just kind of letting you know what's on my mind. John 15, Jesus uses an image of a vine and branches with a gardener. The gardener is his father. He is the vine and we are the branches. And he says, if you don't bear fruit, I'll cut you off and I'll put you into a burn pile. And it's a warning for all of us that we must remain in the vine. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so truly, I truly believe that in 2020, perhaps going into the, the next year, who knows what is before us, that God has been pruning off of us things that just have not been bearing fruit by the church, by us as individuals. There's just some things in us that just needed to go that perhaps we were holding on to that just didn't bear the fruit that God intended for us. And can I just say that the one main fruit that I'm, or the one main branch that was not bearing fruit that I'm really grateful he's pruning off of the church is consumerism. Consumerism is a cancer that needs to be cut out of the body of Christ. To come and to, to pick from a, a menu of options is something that is getting the, the worst of us. And instead, we have to be a people that commit ourselves to a body, a people beyond what it gives us. What then can we bring to this community? What then can we sacrifice to make this community what God intends for it to be? And so even if just for a short season that consumerism is being pruned away, I mean, your kids don't have an area for ministry. Your students don't have an area of ministry. There's no quote unquote Bible studies. There's all sorts of things that have been pruned away from us that we might call church so that we can truly be the church in a new season and in a new era going into this next year. What is it that I'm calling an opportunity of a lifetime that God's putting before us? I want you to hear that. There is an opportunity before all of us who call ourselves follower of Jesus. What is that opportunity that's before us? May I submit to you that it's to rethink. May I submit to you that it's to relearn, to redo, to reprioritize what it actually means to be the church. What it actually means to be the body of Christ. That it's not about programs. It's, it's about people. That there's so much more to it than maybe what we have discerned. But to help us understand what it might look like in the years ahead, I uh, want to see if Kelly Mishral will read some scripture for us today out of Matthew 28. It's a familiar verse for all of us. But if you can stand up, read scripture, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Read scripture for us, and then we'll dig in together, right? Matthew 28, 15 through 20 says, So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. 
And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Thank you, Kelly. I love it. Like, they're worshiping, but they're doubting. If that doesn't like describe the common experience of every follower of Jesus, I don't know what will. And they're standing before the resurrected king and they're still doubting him. How much more will we certainly fall into that along the way? So look, the first six years of our church has really uh, focused on the making and multiplying of disciples. The making and multiplying of disciples. We purposed long ago to not steal sheep from another's field, to not just be another aquarium where a fish can hop from here to there, but to truly join the Son of God in his mission to seek and serve the lost, to seek and serve and save the lost. Our desire, and will always be, our, our primary desire will always be to see the lost become found, to see the blind have sight, to see the death all of a sudden have hearing and to see dead people come alive. That will always be the heartbeat of this church because Jesus made that his heartbeat. Not to make bad people good, but to love sinners in such a way that they will love him more than they love sinning. That they will love him more than they love the short-term pleasure of sin. We, we join him in that, and we have said repeatedly, we even said it this morning when we baptize, is that we are all missionaries sent out by the Spirit who's indwelled all of us. If we believe the Spirit's power is in us to go and make disciples, we will consistently call us to this mission again and again and again and again. And some of us have gotten tired of that call. I'll tell you, I understand, but it won't stop us from continuing to call us to be missionaries in our neighborhoods, you know it, in our networks, and to the nations. We don't just say that at the end of our gathering every week because it's alliterative. I just said the word alliterative. That's not in my notes. Thank you. Appreciate that. But alliterative, right? No, it's not because we, it's only, it's alliterative. It's because that is the true heart of the Son of God who came to save the lost. It's truly what he calls us to do. But I want us to just be careful that we don't put too much emphasis in being missional, that we lose actually the natural rhythm that Jesus modeled for us. He never went out on mission without first being with his Father. That's what we see truly throughout all of his life. He was in heaven with his father, with the spirit, the, the Trinity, Holy Trinity, agreeing on this plan long before he ever left heaven, submitted to human form for all of eternity future, that he was with them. And then he came to serve us. And my prayer is that for us, we would remember that we are at our core. We are learners. We are followers of Jesus. We've got to pick up his ways and his words as we move forward into this next year. Right? So while we continue to emphasize making and multiplying disciples in 2021, we will be emphasizing, Lord willing, I'm going to put that big caveat in there, Lord willing, right? We will be emphasizing in new ways, not just making and maturing, or not just making and multiplying disciples, but also the maturing of disciples. That's going to include all of us. And so to help us get our mind around what it looks like to mature as disciples, I would remind you of what Kelly just read. Right at the end of that, it says, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. 
Not just, just the convenient things that I've commanded you, but everything, every little detail of what I've commanded, of how I have walked, of the words that I've used, you teach others how to do the same thing. That's going to mean that we can't just emphasize going and making disciples, going and baptizing disciples, but we've also got to emphasize the maturity, the growing the persistence in obedience. That's what the word means in the Greek right there. That we would be persistent, that we would be continual, that we would be perseverant in learning how to obey Jesus. This isn't a legalistic message. I'm not here to say, like, you better obey Jesus. It's, don't you want to? Like, after all that he's done for you, after, after all of what he's done for you, don't you want to? Don't you want to love him with your whole heart, not just with your mind, not just with your body? Don't you want to love him after he came down from heaven to earth, submitted to be a babe, and then lived a sinless life, died the heinous death that he did, took the wrath of God for you because you deserved it? Don't you want to obey? Don't you want to follow him? Don't you want to? Isn't it just an expression of your heart of overflowing to God to just want to? Isn't it your life a big thank you note unto him for all that he's done for you? And if you don't, there's something wrong. Something's off. But instead, God is calling us to recapture that again and again and again and again. And so it's no wonder when we celebrate a day like today, we can thank God for all of his goodness and faithfulness to us. But it's also a call to remember. A remember what our part is in all of this. Again, growing in the wisdom and the knowledge of Christ himself. And so the church has always struggled with how to actually live this out. The church has always struggled with, okay, you gave us that great commission. That's the mission of every church. We just translate it as inviting all people to follow Jesus in all of life. But what, like, we've always struggled with this, even in the early church. And so Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesian church. And when he did, he wrote out instructions for the church on how to structure it and what to pursue. And so I want to invite my friend Tim Burns to, to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, so that we can get our mind around how it is that God wants the church to function so that we can mature and observe all things. Here we go. Ephesians 11, 4, 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body until we attain the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is, who is into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up into, in love. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you, brother. So like Ephesians 4 is this great, um, it's a great vision. 
It's a compelling vision that God wants for every church, certainly for this church, right? It's a compelling vision for the kind of community that God wants to create here on the earth through people like you and me. No matter how old we are, it's this compelling vision that we're going to give ourselves to because it's not just in Ephesians 4 that that he's given us uh, the apest, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers so that we might grow up in the faith. It's everywhere in the New Testament. So just listen to these verses, just a a handful of a sample of verses that are before you to see what God, you want to know what God's will is for you? I'm going to read some scripture. Hey, look, we have another visitor. It's a wolf. All right, here we go. Sorry, I got distracted by the wolf coming through. Hey, buddy, I don't know whose dog that is, but we're grateful he's here. So look, this is what it is, right? This is what God's putting before us, that he's, 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 he's never been about just saving people from hell, but to truly form a people that are equipped to be built up in love. Galatians 4, where Paul says, I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Colossians 1, that we would be bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 2 Peter 1, make every effort to add to faith virtue, and then virtue, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and self-control, steadfastness, steadfastness, godliness, and then brotherly affection, and then love. There's a, there's a, there's a linear progression of our love to be growing up in the Lord. Hebrews 6.1, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. 1 Timothy 4.8, perhaps one of my favorites, train yourself for godliness. It's all over the New Testament. Almost every author mentions that we are to grow up in the faith. That, that God doesn't want just a bunch of babies uh, running around, right? That's, 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 that's not what he wants for us. That all of a sudden, yes, we come to faith and we are a baby at some point. But at some point, we are to, call, to grow up and mature manhood or womanhood. That's what it says right there in Ephesians 4. God wants us to grow up. God wants us to mature, and we have matured in many ways in 2020. But what is the Lord inviting you into into 2021? Well, I would say this. There's at least a few things here in Ephesians 4 that we need to be reminded of. How is it that we will grow up in the Lord? Well, first and foremost, be equipped. It says it right there in verse 11, right? That the, he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. That's you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a saint, God calls you a saint, not a sinner, a saint. That he wants to equip you for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And why is that? That we would all attain unity. There's disunity, there's immaturity. And God is calling us to grow up into the faith by being equipped. Now, here's the catch in all this, right? Like our desire, the leaders, the the elders, the deacons, the neighborhood group leaders, we want to equip you. But we cannot equip those who do not want to be equipped. We've tried. And it's a, it's a clear path to burnout. We, if you don't want to be equipped, we're, we're not, we're, 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 you, everybody's on their own pace. At the same time, God is calling all of us to be equipped at some level and on some pace. And so um, like some may say like, I'm busy for equipping. Like I can only do so much. I mean, I'm already doing the Sunday gathering. I'm already in neighborhood group. I'm already doing this. Uh, and I'm already doing this. I know. But I'm not asking you to get busier. And, and oh, by the way, when we use the excuse of busyness, we make, it, we make time for the things that we want to do, don't we? Everybody's got time for social media, but we don't have time for growing up in the Lord. Everybody's got time for Netflix, but we don't have time to actually uh, put forward about an hour, an hour and a half a week into some sort of accountability or growth group. 
we, we make time for the things that we want to do. Um, I've said this before, like recently I started F45, and I'm going to talk about that some a little bit, but like F45, this fitness thing, it's not because I like fitness, okay? I think that's obvious. It's because, um, like, and also this, like, I didn't just, fi- I didn't just, like, come up, like, oh, I have extra time now. I'm going to go do F45. No, I have a goal in mind, and I'm carving out some time out of my day, an hour out of my day, to go work out and to go sweat beyond what I actually want to do on most days. Like, three, four, five times a week, that's my goal. Why is it that's my goal? Like, why is it that I'm going to sacrifice some time where I really value my alone time, or I really value my morning? with the Lord. I really value uh, just doing what it is, efficiency. Why am I giving that up to go and try and work out? Because I want to grow up. Number one, I don't want to become an adult um, like the adults in Wally. Have you ever seen Wally? They can't even stand, right? If you've not seen Wally in a while, go watch Wally. You'll get it and you'll laugh and you'll chuckle to yourself. But I don't want to turn into that. But also, I've got a son who's going to turn 16 one day. And when little Simba comes and challenges Mufasa, Mufasa better be ready. That's all I'm saying. That's truly my goal. But nonetheless, that's coming, right? But there is a goal before me, truly though, to steward what God has given me in my body for as long as possible. As I get older, I want to steward what God has given me in my body for as long as possible. And I noticed that I was turning into an adult in Wally. I was actually becoming lazier and lazier. So there's a goal out there that, yes, I was going to have to sacrifice some things to be able to get to, but that's the same thing that God is calling us to do. So if you say you're busy, the call before us is to sacrifice whatever it is for the greater goal of maturity. Maybe that's not your excuse. Maybe that's not you that says, I'm busy. Maybe you've got more time than ever with corona time. Maybe you're saying, like I once did, well, all I need is Jesus. Like, I love Jesus, and I don't really need much else than that. That was my story, too. I remember when I was still single and my best friend at the time was like, dude, you need to like grow up, man. You need to get in Bible studies. You need to get like accountability and all the things that I'm kind of telling you today. And I was like, dude, I love Jesus. I don't need all that. And he very wisely left a packet uh, that he had been reading of theology at my house. And he did on purpose, I'm convinced, because he knew I would read it. And I read it that night and I couldn't put it down. And all of a sudden there was a fire ignited in my bones that there were, there were terms, and it was so much deeper and wider than I ever knew before. That was the first time that I read about predestination and election and the Trinity and all kinds of things that were way above my head that I'd only heard like nerdy people talk about. But then I read about it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. This is such a beautiful expression of God's love for us. Look, the beautiful expression of community is found in the Trinity itself, that predestination and election are not things to be scared of, but truly things that God expresses his love in. Don't you want to see the depth and the beauty and the richness of God's love for us? We cannot do that if we just stay as babes. We must you know God is calling us to grow up, to mature in the faith And we only can do that if we keep our eyes on the goal of maturity. Verse 13 and 14 that Tim just read. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge, the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. My son Moses is the same age as our church. Um, Like, can we just like take a moment? Number one, today is my 17 year anniversary as a wedding, like as a marriage, my wife and I, yeah, that's fun. That's good. I, I wasn't looking for that. I'm just, here's what I really am looking for. 
my wife, number one, let us um, plant a church when my son was three months old. And then we started the church on our anniversary weekend. I'm not the wisest person in the world, but there we are. So my wife is very gracious in this process, right? But nonetheless, like we have a son who is three months older than the church itself. His name is Moses. When we did this a few years ago, when he was four, he stood up and go, what's your favorite thing? And he goes, trains. Last year, when we asked him what his favorite thing was, it was something different. This year, if we asked him what his favorite thing was, he'd probably say the iPad because Corona. Isn't that all of our excuses? Corona. But like truly, he is, he is six years old, just like we are as a church. And it would be a mistake for me to assume that he's just going to mature as he gets older. It would be, it would be a mistake for me to just assume he's just going to mature in his spiritual life, in his emotional life, truly in his physical life without some guidance and some care and some love along the way. We do this with all of our kids. We patiently and with great perseverance lead them into maturity. God does not want for us to just be a bunch of babies for the rest of our life spiritually. He wants us to grow up beyond that of spiritual milk onto rice cereal until eventually we're eating baby food and then we can eat solid food at some point and then eventually God says that there is a solid like prime rib steak before you and that's what God is calling all of us into, not just for super Christians, but for every Christian. Well, how will we do that? Not just by being equipped, not just by keeping our eye on maturity, but Ephesians continues on. He says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by every human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Have you felt that this year? Have you felt deceitful schemes before you? I have. I've seen them. And they've broken my heart as Christian after Christian has bought into many of them. How is it that that happens? Perhaps, maybe, because we've been tossed to and fro, because we've not kept our eye on Jesus. Verse 15, it says, rather, speaking the truth in love. Look, this is your responsibility for all of us to jump. Without gentle but firm encouragement along the way, so it must be with us. We must continue to invite people to grow in our knowledge, grow in our affection, grow in our love for Jesus. And what is Jesus like? He says he's gentle and lowly. This Jesus, he is the friend of the worst kind of sinners. That's you. That's me. This lover of enemies, this defender of the weak, this justifier of the unrighteous, Right, that's the kind of Jesus that we need in a day like today. And we need the kind of Jesus followers who are rich in mercy, who are slow to anger, and they are generous beyond belief. That's the kind of God that came for us. And this will only happen, Paul continues on and finishes his passage here, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Over the last month or so, we have purposed to really track down every partner, every guest at the Grove, see how you're doing, what's going on. And some of you may have felt a little bit of pressure to show up before you're comfortable. Our intention was never to get you to show up before you're comfortable. But instead, our intent was to go, okay, we've got to kind of like gather around and, 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 and continue on in the faith together. We want people to understand that this is a spiritual battle ahead and that we need each and every person that calls the Grove home to treat it like 
Ephesians 4 is calling us to treat it. That every part matters. 1 Corinthians 12 would tell us, you can't, the pinky toe can't tell the elbow that it doesn't matter. No, we all need each other in this journey. And so when we opt out for one reason or another, we're weaker than what God has intended for us to be as a body. And so now that we're all here, now that we're gathered again together, what will this next journey look like for us to grow up together? Let me invite you into one big thing. Perhaps in this next year, my prayer is that we would get beyond gathering and counting that as a success. I love that we're gathering. I love that we're together. I love that we can go to Frost Elementary week in and week out. I love that we do that. I love that we do neighborhood groups. All those things will continue to be priority. But one thing that the, that the elders are pursuing to do and purposing to do this next year is to start spiritual training classes so that we can all grow up in the faith. That it wouldn't just be about leadership training. It would be about Jesus follower training, spiritual training for all of us that we may be able to have classes that are elective. They're not required. Again, we can't equip those that don't want to be equipped, but we're asking for you to want to be equipped. Want to be equipped for the work of ministry in your neighborhood and your network and in the nations, right? I want us for us to have a, a love for Jesus that grows, that our knowledge for Jesus will grow. When, when, our love and our, when our love and our knowledge for Jesus grows, what happens? We will love others the way that Jesus has loved us. And guess what happens when that happens? When we love others the way Jesus loves us, because we now have a growing understanding of how God has loved us through spiritual training classes, through neighborhood groups, through growth groups, through Sunday gatherings, all those things, we will be on mission together. We will go out and make disciples that make disciples. And so for us in 2021, what my hope is that we will begin to have elective spiritual training classes, six to 10 weeks long in length, have you on-ramp and off-ramp as you want to understand the Bible, to understand the Trinity, to understand what God calls for your spiritual life, to understand spiritual warfare. We're in it. To understand how the Holy Spirit has indwelled you and what he's empowered you to do. That it just isn't just about coming and going. The Christian life has never been about that basic activity, but going and making disciples. Because God, somebody, somewhere, somebody, somewhere picked up the actual uh, uh, command to go and make disciples. That's why you're here. You're here because someone else took seriously the call to go and make a disciple. You're here because someone else took up the call to plant churches that plant churches. And so for 2021, our hope, our one basic focus as a church is to continue on, but also to add another layer of equipping and training for every person that wants it. Not every person, but every person that wants it at the Grove. And so our hope is that we would all unite together to be equipped so that we can grow up into mature manhood and womanhood together. Yes, through these classes, but in all ways to be able to worship Jesus for all that he has done for us. So it would be a mistake, though, to only think about this on an organizational level and not individually. It would be a mistake for you to go, well, I guess I'll just kind of wait to get equipped until you guys start those classes that would be a mistake. I want you to just, as we end our time, I want you to ask yourself, what is one thing? How have you grown in the last three years, six years, however long you've been at the Grove? Two weeks. How long have you, how have you grown in those ways? How have you been challenged in those ways? And then, like, what is it that God's inviting you into in these next years? How do you want God to grow you up in the next year of your faith? 
What is he inviting you to think about? What is he inviting you to truly die to so that you can achieve that maturity? To pursue what it is that God wants for you. Is it intimacy with God that you don't know how to read and pray? We're going to have a place for that. Our neighborhood groups have been that and we'll continue on with that. Like if it's intimacy with God through reading and through prayer, that's been what we've called you to, to pursue for the last two or three years in a setting like this. Go do a Bible study workshop, like learn how to pray on a regular basis, learn how to read your scriptures. It's been what we have pursued on Vision Sunday for like the last two or three years. And we're continuing on in that by building on with that, right? Is it intimacy with God? Is it learning how to sacrifice for a community with your gifts and with your personality? Perhaps that's what you need to grow in in this next year. Or perhaps it's actually sharing your faith. It's actually making disciples. It's actually multiplying yourself for the benefit of others. We want to help equip you in that in this next year. So here's what I know. Whether or not we ever take hold of these things in our lives isn't just a matter of whether or not you will grow. See, the Christian life has never been about individual growth. It's always been about community. It's always been about how is the family going to mature? What is the family of God going to look like after several years of being together? See, that's what's before us, that as we take hold of these things individually, we will also become something together that we currently aren't today. So it's not just about us as individuals, it's about us as a community. And the call before us is the same as it was uh, today, as the same as it was on day one. Will we do whatever necessary to obey the Great Commission? Will we do whatever that it costs? Will we, will we truly count the cost and pursue Jesus' call to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Will we truly pick up the, the, the cost and the cross of teaching others everything to obey, everything that Jesus has obeyed, that he was here? Will we make disciples who make disciples? Will we plant churches that plant churches? That's what our heart has always been and will continue to do that going forward. Our hope is that we be able to do that in an equipping and in a maturing way going into the future. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing a song and then I've got one further explanation at the end and then we're gonna eat. I think the barbecue will be here at some point. It just showed up, praise the Lord. Let me pray for us and then Chris, we're gonna uh, sing one more song. And uh, we'll get at it. Lord, we love you. Lord, help us, uh, help us take hold of these things today. We don't want to be a people that um, just come and gather, clap our hands, sing a song, appreciate a word, and then go home unchanged. We want to be a people that go, you know what? 2020 has been hard. 2020 has been interesting. But 2021 may have something different for us, that we would grow up in the faith more than what we are. That we would truly... Hold on to the vision that Paul and Jesus have put before us to mature manhood, mature womanhood, to be equipped and to follow you. Lord, put it deep in our bones what it looks like for each of us. We can't prescribe growth for everyone. What we can do is put out a vision of growth for everyone. Holy Spirit, would you move in the hearts of your men to lead their families the way that you've called them to lead? Would you Put it in the hearts of our women to lead their families in the way that you want them to lead. Would you put it in the hearts of our children to honor their father and mother, but to follow you where they are, whatever age they are, Lord. Break in to those lives that we need broken into. We surrender to you. We, we ask you, Lord, to help. 
Beyond what we've articulated today, we ask, Lord, that you would do things beyond we could ask or imagine. So we love you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.